Hallelujah. So to recap from what I shared um, about living free, we talked about um, how we have to be willing to put down the weight and the sin that so easily besets us in order to freely walk out the things that God has for us. Amen. And we also have to come to... um, not an awareness, but um, we have to like own up to the fact that we still, even in Christ, fall short of the glory of God. Amen? I mean, there's some things that I need to be letting go of that I have not let go of. And I've been in, I've been in the faith. Amen? So I just feel like God is, is pushing us into deeper waters because he has bigger things for us and we can't walk into those things if we're still holding on to the weight and if we're still holding on to the sin that so easily besets us and if we're not careful what we do is we categorize sin and we put levels on sin and then we're just like we're fine with where we're at but God's got more for you and he wants to go deeper with you for his glory His plans are for you to prosper and for a hope and a future. He's got good things when you lay down those weights. That encourages me to do the work that is required for sanctification, for purification. I want new problems next year. I don't want to be walking around the same old problems, amen? I want to be growing in the grace of God, moving and dancing with the Lord, amen? And so our key scripture was John 8, 36, and it reminds us in John 8, 36 that whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And so you are free to live out what God has for you. But in order for us to walk out the freedom, the Zoe life, that abundant life, that exuberant life that God has for us, our chief priority must be to abide. And wouldn't you say that there is, there's never enough abiding, Pastor? I mean, you never walk out of time with God and say, oh, no, that was way too much time. No. <laughs> Our chief priority, there's always more. God's goodness is great, and there's just layers and layers of, of truth and, and um healing and revelation in his word amen john 10 27 says my sheep hear my voice and i know them and they follow me so my question to you this morning is will we abide long enough to hear his voice there's more for you tina you heard god's voice and you said you know what my daughter's all right and you got a peace You are one of his sheep, hallelujah. You hear his voice. Continue to abide that you might keenly be aware to his voice because he wants to keep speaking. And the good news is when a good shepherd, like our shepherd, leads his sheep, my Bible says in Psalms 23 that he will lead us down green pastures. He will lead us beside still waters. Green pastures, to me, indicates that he's going to lead us 
to where things are growing, things are thriving, things are producing fruit. Abide in me and you, abide in me and I in you and you will bear much fruit. In other words, you won't even have to say. Your fruit will display. That's better than saying, right? Will you abide long enough to hear his direction, hear his instruction? There are some instruction and direction for some people in this room that you are needing, and God has a specific answer for you. And it will come to you in your abiding, in your praising, in your picking up the sword. It will come to you. Is that good news? Hallelujah. The counterpart would be that we fall into the trap of picking up the weight again. So drop the weight. Drop the weight. Drop the weight of fear. Drop the weight of insecurity. I've said it many times for myself, but I I know that's what God needs me to drop so that I can walk into the things that he has for me. And And what we have to, what we learn in our maturity in Christ is that the things God has for you and for me are not just for you and for me. And so I can, he can even um, come at me and, and remind me that, hey, don't be selfish. Because it's not even just for you. It's never all about you. Amen? It's always for more. There's always a bigger picture when it comes to our God. Um, so picking up, we, we don't want to have the tendency of picking up the weight again or picking up the sin again and falling into apathy or coming to a place where we justify where we're at because that is a dangerous place to be and like we talked about before this is the year that he may appear may he find us faithful may he find us a bride without spot or blemish May he find us doing the work of the ministry. Um, we gathered from Pastor Tyler's analogy, or from the analogy with Pastor Tyler, that it is ridiculous for us to carry the weight that Jesus said, put down at the cross. I paid for it, let it go. You can live free. We saw him with all that weight on him and we realized it was ridiculous. And I was actually talking to Krista and she said that very afternoon, her and her husband were in the car and something came up and he said, you know what? I'm going to let that go. I'm going to release that. I'm going to put that weight down. And she asked him, how do you feel? And he said, I feel free. Oh man, that just... That just gives me an unction in my spirit. That we, there's so much freedom that God wants us to live in that we are not even aware of. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the inner work that you are doing in each one of us. Amen. Leave the weight at the cross. 
You know, I'm speaking about this weight again because I know it's a daily struggle. I know it's not, we've talked about it, we're letting go of the weights, they're all here. We left two weeks ago and we're just, we're just skipping, right? No, every day we're we're having a choice. Are we going to pick up the weight again or are we going to live free? And so we're realizing that in our abiding, that weight, we're human, that weight, um, they, they get picked up again. This is the weight of control and this is the weight of demand. And so um, in our abiding, we'll pick it up less or we'll pick it up and we'll put it back down. Amen. We put it back down at the feet of Jesus where it belongs. But it's, it's a sh- I know it's a struggle because the very next day after I shared this word, I come home and I'm speaking with my husband about all that needs to be done for the week. And I pick up the weight of demand. And I said, oh, um, just FYI, I would like to go to work on Tuesday. And I don't normally go to work on Tuesday, but we're going on a trip. So we wanted to work a little extra. It's tax season right? All the reasons. So I'm like, I want to go to work on Tuesday. Tyler works from home on Tuesday. He also cuts the grass on Tuesday. The kids also have Bible club on Tuesday. Lisa opened up her home and now we have women's Bible study on Tuesday. The tree in the backyard is blooming with flowers. And my son and I have really bad allergies that we don't even open our windows. And so Tyler... Um, in his kindness, was going to cut the whole tree down on Tuesday. So I had my agenda and he had his. And so I picked up this weight of demand and um, I began to share with him the things that I needed to get done. And could you just come on up, honey? (laughs) And so when I realized that the weight of demand came strong on me. And so when I realized that I was carrying this weight and that I just, the Lord just was teaching me about this weight and how I, I should leave the weight at the cross, what I did was I said, could you go ahead and carry this weight? And so I gave him the weight to carry. And I said, would you mind just taking the kids to Awana Bible club, and would you, would you mind still cooking dinner? Because normally we go to Awana and he cooks dinner. And he's like, but I was going to do the tree, and I was going to, and I'm working from home, and I was going to do the yard. And, and I had, for lack of a better word, nerve. I had the nerve to say, well, I do all that. So just, you know, add here, add another thing. And he's like, yeah, sure, I'll do all that. And in that moment, and it was a very healthy conversation because it was, it was the Lord speaking to us, right? And so in that moment, I said, you know what? I realize that I'm putting too much demand on myself. He goes, well, don't put it on me. <laughs> and what I did was I gave, him, I gave him the demand and then I wanted to control it. Right? And so he's carrying that. 
And then I just, I felt better because I had my baby weights. And I said, you know, I, I'll, I'll do what I can do. And, and I still have the pressure and the responsibility, but, but you carry the big stuff. And what I realized is when we put, when we're not careful, we will, we will give other people our weight. Okay, let me just look at my notes real quick. When we get tired of carrying our weights, we place them on someone else. And when we place weight on someone else, that weight become, can become heavier than we intended it to be. And they pick up the weight. And maybe they don't put down the weight. Maybe we keep giving them the weight. Okay, maybe the weight is, the weight or the sin is offense. Okay, we had the offense, and now we give this person the offense. And then, um, Ansley, could you come up? Could I, could I? Yeah. Ainsley, sorry. Yeah, Ainsley, sorry. And so what we do is we, um, we put the weight on someone else and we never intended them to, to carry that weight. So I'm offended. And so then now you're offended. And so now you're weighed down. And then so you talk to him and now he's weighed down and he's offended. And we don't realize that the weight we carry affects other people. The sin that we carry affects other people. Our sin, and, and this is what happens. Can you just kind of, can you guys just start um, moving the weights up and down? So what happens is they're, they're carrying these weights, and it's, it's not a big deal at first, but the weights grow. Just like our muscles grow, if we don't, put, if we don't abide in God and say let, let go of every weight and sin that easily besets us and press toward the mark and look toward the cross, then what you're going to do is you're going to carry the weight and you're going to keep holding on to the weight and then just like your muscles, those weights are going to grow. The sin is going to grow. The offense is going to grow. The insecurity is going to grow. Whatever the, the issue is, it's going to grow. The pride's going to grow. And I, as I laid my head down last night, the Lord gave me the picture of um, Genesis chapter 3 and how Eve picked up the weight of sin. Come on, this is heavy. She picked up the weight of sin, and not only did she keep it to herself, but she gave it to her spouse, Adam, and he partook, partook of that sin. And guess what? Not only Adam was affected, not only Eve was affected, but who was affected? The generations were affected. Thank you, gentlemen. That really spoke to me. That really spoke to me last night when God gave me the picture at the last minute of Adam and Eve. Because he, re, he, wanted, he wants to remind you and I that 
even how little we think something might be, it can be affected generationally. My temper in my home, if I don't get it in check, if I don't abide with the Spirit of God, it can be generational. My children could be angry husbands. My children could then become in a family of domestic violence. I mean, can you see how it can spiral? But I believe that we are a people and God is calling a people to abide in such a way that we are gonna flip this around and not, not have to deal with generational curses, no, no, but we will have generational inheritance. Amen? If you believe that, put your hands together. There are curses that we need to break in the name of Jesus. And they're going to start with you and me. Using, abiding in God, using the sword of the spirit, and pressing through every principality and every darkness so that not only we can live in freedom, but our children can live in freedom. Look around. Look around our our world today, we can play a part in the next generation and who they become. I am, I am so set on fire about that, that our children could live free. When I look around, part of me gets so disheartened, so saddened by what is going on. And then another part of me, the spirit man inside of me, says, oh no, devil, not on my watch. I will do a better job. I will have wisdom. I do have what it takes to raise four children to be world changers, to be culture shifters, to be generational breakers. Amen? And the men will come, the the women in this house and the women in faith will come alongside the men. Acts chapter 2 says men and women will prophesy. Not just the men, but there are women in this place that God has given you a voice. He's given you a gift. He's given you creativity. He's given you strategy. And now is the time. Like the book of Esther, what if we were created for such a time as this? There is no gift that should be wasted when we get to the grave, but may it be said of us that we are walking fully and faithfully day after day into the things that God has for us. Amen? And don't put a cap on, on what God has for you. And don't put a measure on how great or how insignificant your part has in the work of the ministry. We were in pastor prayer this morning and we were talking about um, the amazing testimony of Aaron and Charlene and Chrissy's family, the people that came from this community and how their lives have been a progression of transformation. And in Jesus' name, if that is the only place that we, the only people that have been radically changed because of our presence in this community, then I bet you when you get to heaven, you're going to get a few crowns. I bet you when you get to heaven, the Lord is going to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. So do not limit yourself. Do not put God in a box. Do not put parameters 
around what he has for you and for me. We were made for greatness and greatness is not measured in what our society says. It is measured by Christ and Christ alone. So we will stand on the solid rock of Jesus Christ. Amen. Romans 8.13 says, For if we live according to the flesh, you will die. But, God is a but God, don't you know? He's so good. If you ever feel condemned or, or put down, you didn't, you didn't finish the rest of what God has to say. If your story isn't good, then God's not done with your story. But if by the Spirit you put to death deeds of the body, you will live. Somebody say live. Colossians 3, 5 says, Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. Sexual immoralities, impurities, passions, evil desires, and covetousness, which is idolatry. We have... We have the power, the dunamis power of the Holy Spirit to live a righteous life. And God's so good that he already sees us righteous. We just have to walk it out. So like Hebrews 12.1 says, throw off every weight, throw off every sin that easily entangles you. Okay, keep that in the forefront of your mind day after day when you're going about your day and something trips you up. I mean, let's be practical. We're, we're students in education. Um, we, we take notes and we write things down when we go to work, when we, when we start a business, when we save money. Why not do that with, with our spiritual walk, which is the most important of all? When you go through your, your day, when you go through your life, say, oh, you know what? That's tripping me up. I need to write that down. I need to dig in the word. I need to see how I can get wisdom on that. It's not going to be a problem for me next year. God's got a plan for me. And he's got vision for my future. We're going to change things up this year. Practical. Hallelujah. You know, we talked about the woman with the issue of blood and how she encountered Jesus. Um, There's another woman in the Bible who encountered Jesus, and her name was Mary Magdalene. And I have so much to say about Mary Magdalene, but I'm going to keep it concise today. I studied her, and the Lord just, he put her on my heart, and I learned so much about her. Um, if If you don't If you haven't learned already, I'm kind of like a, I like to study one thing at a time. My husband's more like, he'll, he'll read the Bible through the year. I'll like, I must, I'm a, uh, I forget what it's called, but just, I like to study one thing at a time. Um, So I studied Mary Magdalene and um, we know from chapter eight of Luke that Jesus cast out seven demons from her body. And there's so much to say about that. But one thing I will say is that seven is the number of completion. And so it could be an indication that she was 
fully and completely paralyzed by the spirits that haunted her. Have you ever been delivered from something? Have you ever been freed? Come on, somebody. She was freed. She was delivered and she knew it. And so from that day on, she chose to abide with Jesus. She never left him. Have you ever been so thankful for the saving grace of your life that you just have to do something, that you just have to repay him? I kind of feel like that's where I'm at in my life right now. After my back injury, I, I just, I came to a really hard place and, and I feel like the Lord was the lifter of my head. I got a word spoken over me that there would be more than enough. And when that happened, I said, no, God, there's not enough. There's just, there's just not enough. And he said, the key is in the blood. It's in my grace. It's in my power. And so you've been doing good, daughter, but I got more for you. So lift up and go forth in what I have for you. And ever since then, I just had this spark in my soul and this passion to be all who God's called me to be, to share the good news. And I just, I pray that over each one of you that whatever God has for you, that it would bubble up on the inside of you so so you can live in the fullness of who he's called you to be. Amen. Amen. We thank you, Lord. It comes from gratitude. And so this morning, in a practical way, if you don't feel that, but you know that you are saved, Write down when Jesus saved your life. Write down when he set you free. Write down when you encountered him. And I promise you a a flood of rushing water will come over you. And you will walk into the things that he has for you. Because it's like nothing more than I want to repay him. Nothing more than I want to abide in him. When I sit and when I stand, I, all I do is talk about Jesus with my kids. And they're like, okay, mom. I'm like, this is the day that he may appear. They're like, you said that yesterday, mom. <laughs> that was Mary Magdalene. She used all the resources that she had. She came from wealth. It doesn't say how she came from wealth, but she had wealth. And so everything, every gift Everything that she had, she gave it back to the ministry of Christ. And that's what happens when we encounter God and then we abide in God. We get, we, we reciprocate. It just, it just, it becomes this flow, a return. It becomes automatic. It's, it's not, it's not some, it's organic. It just happens. I want to serve. I want to give. I want to be generous. I want to love. I want to pray for you. That was Mary Magdalene. She had an encounter with God and she abided. Mary Magdalene was the first, she was the last, one of the last at the cross and and the first at the tomb. And we know this from John 19, 25 and um, also from Matthew 
27:61. John 19:25 says, "But standing at the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene." And when I read that, it reminded me this is a woman who abided. And when I read that, it, it, this is what the Lord said. He said, in your darkest moment, in your darkest times, in your valley. Because being in Christ isn't, doesn't mean we're not going to have any pain, right? So in your darkest, abide. That's what I see of Mary Magdalene. She stayed at the cross. Okay, and usually the key figure in this story is Jesus. It was his darkest moment. But let's shift to Mary. This was her darkest moment. Her hope of who Jesus would unfold to be was very cloudy at this moment. But she stayed. She abided. She stayed at the cross. So in your darkest moment, I want to encourage you in your darkest time, in your grieving, in your hurting, I think of Auntie Brandy, in your darkest time, stay and abide with the Lord. Because just a chapter later, just a little while later, you got to get this revelation, guys, just a little while later. She is at the tomb. So she was there at, she abided in her darkest. And because she continued, she was the first one to hear the miracle that Jesus rose from the dead. She was there when Joseph put Jesus in the tomb as well. So when, when you're unsure, when you're uncertain of what you're going through, when you still have questions, when, you, when you're confused, keep abiding. And then lastly, she was at the tomb when the grave, was, when the stone was rolled away, and she was the one who got to experience the miracle of knowing that our Savior was alive. Amen. There's a new day dawning. There's a new day dawning. Abide. Stay. This is what abide means. It means to stay, to live, to remain, to keep, keep lodging. And I just want to finish with this. Don't miss the miracle that God has for you. The miracle of healing, the miracle of a breakthrough, the miracle of a restored marriage, the miracle of a thriving business, the miracle of a sound mind. Don't miss the miracle, but abide. Because whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Just lift your hands to heaven.